The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And that is exactly what we're going to do today. We are going to make sure you are bringing your soul not only to work, but to everything you do. This is Coach Mo Fall. I am the founder and creator of the Kick-Ass Transformational Career Workshop, where we help professional women up-level their careers through building their souls. And it is a spiritual revolution that we are having on the globe now. And it is the reason why so many wonderful people are now pursuing their soul, pursuing their divine connection and their truth in such a way that it is a necessity. It's not just something that we do on Sunday. It is a necessity to live in a powerful way each and every day and proclaim that. And I have a wonderful, exciting guest, Devon Franklin, on today. Devon, hello. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Very good. Just to introduce you, Devon. Devon Franklin is a multi-multi-hyphenate award-winning Hollywood producer, (laughs) a New York Times bestselling author, and a renowned motivational speaker. He's followed by millions around the world for inspiring content, encouragement, and advice. And Ryan Seacrest uh, calls him a self-help master. Oprah calls him a different kind of spiritual teacher for our time. And he is the producer of hit films like Breakthrough, Miracles from Heaven, and the like. He has written books uh, previously and also with his wife, Megan Good. He's on the board of directors of the Academy of Motion Picture. And you did a big big role there in the diversity initiative this year. Uh, Devon lives in L.A. with his wife, but... At this point, you both are on location, and um, I got you here because you got a book coming out May 4th. Um, welcome to yes. Ah, Thank you for having me. Uh, always, always a pleasure to talk with you and, you know, excited about our conversation and, and all that is yet yeah. to come. Yeah, awesome. So uh, while the pandemic was raging um, over the past year, and it's still sort of kind of hanging its uh, gloomy head over us, um, you got inspired to, to write your next book and began to uh, talk about how expectations basically get us in trouble. And this beautiful book that you wrote, Live Free, Exceeds Your Highest Expectations, which comes out May 4th. So if you're listening to me live today, go to DevonFranklin.com and go snag yourself a copy of the book, snag your family member a copy. So buy two, three, four, ten. Hey, give it out. Okay. DevonFranklin.com. <laughs> Devon, what was the inspiration for you getting uh, in, a, in a book to unwind expectations for us? You know, it really just started with my own personal journey. I wrote the, I mean, I had the idea for the book before the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just looking at uh, moments when I was, you know, the most uh, discontent, the most, um, you know, frustrated, um, the most uh, just unhappy with certain aspects of my life. And when I began to realize that it wasn't actually life itself, it was my expectations of life. And because I had all of these unset expectations, 
I was allowing my unset expectations to basically control how I felt. And then it's, as I started talking to others and, you know, they were expressing to me kind of their challenges and what they were going through. And, you know, a lot of people come to me for advice. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I started to see, oh, God, everyone has the same symptom. Uh, and then I realized, oh, God, we all are dealing with the same problem as well, which mm-hmm. is these expectations. There's nothing wrong with expectations in and of themselves. But most people don't realize that unset expectations become the secret software that run our life. And in order to yes. have the life we want, we have to learn how to program them, reprogram them, actually. Secret software. Oh, I love that term. That is so awesome. Yes. Um, so in the in the background of us kind of living our life and making decisions and running our day and doing this, that, and the other thing, the way we think things are supposed to be is what yeah. clouds our vision. That's right. Exactly right. And 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 isn't that but isn't that interesting? The way things we think are supposed to be, supposed to be based on what? Mm-hmm. And that's the danger is we act like, you know, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to have this amount of money by this age. I'm supposed to be married by this age. I'm supposed to have kids by, but by who, where, who makes that determination? And that's when things get really difficult for us because we, these expectations are unset and they cause us to create a life that is not happy. We're not happy. We're disappointed because we've created these false barometers of success, and then if we don't hit it, we judge ourselves. So I wanted to write this book to help people live free and really understand what freedom looks like through the power of setting expectations. You know, Devon, one of the things I find to be um, uh, tricky for humans, I've actually taught my granddaughter how to navigate that word because things are tricky. Uh, they're not <laughs> difficult, hard, or whatever. They're just I like tricky. That. Yeah. Um, is that Without expectations, how do we know who we are? How do we know what's going on? Like, I got to create some type of expectation. I got to create some type of idea of myself and what the world is all about. Um, How did you break through some of the expectations that you decided to adopt from your family of origin, et cetera? And let's just kind of unpack this a little bit more. Yeah, you know, so so you're absolutely right, 1,000%. You know, the we all need some expectations, and I talk about this in the book. You know, the goal here is not to have in, no expectations because when I've had no expectations, it was hard to get out of the bed in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. So expectations, though, to me are like blood pressure. You know, you can't have them too high. You can't have them too low. You have to really mm-hmm. calibrate them correctly, and you calibrate them through the process of, Setting them. And how do you set expectations? you got to ask two questions. And I talk about this in Live Free. One is, is the expectation realistic or unrealistic? How do you know? Do you control it? If you can control the outcome, I argue that it's realistic to expect. And this is where so many of us get caught up because we're trying to control the things that are out of our control. And you want to know a recipe for frustration? Try to control something that you have no power over. That Mm -hmm. is frustrating. And a lot of times our frustration comes because we set these expectations that are out of our control. Okay, you know, you may want to make a certain amount of money, but you may not get a chance to determine when you do that. But what you do control is how you wake up every day and how you work. So I really wanted to put these tips and principles in the book to say, here's how you calibrate your expectations the right way. The second question you got to ask is, is, does the expectation need to be communicated? Is it spoken or unspoken? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. so often we have these expectations of others, of our jobs, 
of our of our bosses that we never express. And we never even ask, is this expectation, can I expect it? You know, you think about your job, right? You say, hey, I want to work with me hard on this project. I want to get promoted. But you never go ask your boss, hey, if I work hard and I deliver a certain, you know, result on this project, can I expect that I will get promoted off of that? We don't even right. ask the question. We just make right. an assumption. And then when it doesn't happen, we're devastated. Uh-huh. So I wanted to write this book to ease the devastation, to show here's how you can do it. Here's how you can navigate these expectations so that you calibrate appropriately any expectation that you, you, that you have and you release any expectation you don't need. Right. And, you know, how powerful communication is in this calibration of our expectations. You tell a powerful story um, in the book about uh, your most successful movie at a certain point in your career and when you were an executive at Sony. You want to tell us about that because it's just a perfect uh, example of what you just mentioned. Yeah, you know, I was an executive for Sony Pictures Entertainment, and um, I was there for, you know, just about 10 years. And um, one of the films that I oversaw was the remake of The Karate Kid, starring Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. And we made that film in uh, Beijing. You know, it was the first American movie made in Beijing, China, since The Last Emperor. And it really began, uh, if you go back and look at the success of The Karate Kid and the production of The Karate Kid, it really began what we have seen in terms of American films in China and the boom that we've mm-hmm. seen over the past uh, 10 years. And so long story short, you know, I worked on that film and, you know, went to Beijing about nine times in nine months and, you know, gave my heart and soul to that movie uh, because of the time difference. There were times I would be in the office at one o'clock in the morning because that would be the time when production would be starting uh, in Beijing if I needed to get in touch with the producers. Uh, the movie, we made it for about $40 million. It went on to make $56 million in opening weekend and went on to gross over uh, almost $400 million worldwide. My expectation was that the success of this film would uh, give me a promotion, you know, mm-hmm. and a raise. And, uh, you know, I was shocked to find out that that was not the case. You know, after the success of the film, I sat down with my bosses, and not only did they say that I was not going to get promoted and I wasn't going to get a raise, but they also said that there were too many senior executives, and as a result, <laughs> uh, I had to get used to servicing other executives on their movies. And, uh, you know, I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. And then I realized, you know, okay, well, where did I go wrong? I went wrong because I made an assumption. I made an assumption that if I do this, this is what that will be. But I didn't ask the question to begin with. Now, if I had gotten the answer, I wouldn't have worked any less hard, but I would have understood what this opportunity would and wouldn't bring. And that would have helped me manage my emotions and manage my expectations. Because when I didn't get promoted, I was devastated. You know, I went into, you know, Mm -hmm. a depression. And all because the reason why I did is because I internalized it. I thought, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, what's wrong with me? Like, you know, we just go into this emotional, you know, rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And so I talk about that in the book because I want anyone reading this book to avoid those moments at all costs by communicating, knowing what you can expect without making assumptions that can be devastating. Right. Right. And one of the things that I think occurs to me, uh, Devon, in, in knowing you and, and the work I do with the professional women in my uh, kick-ass career workshop, is that people who are raised to be nice, modest, hardworking, ethical, straight up, all that, we want to avoid ever being seen as arrogant, 
egotistical. We don't want to be that person over there. And so we approach the world in that persona because we're comfortable with that. We've learned a value system that's consistent with that. And in some ways, communicating expectations or asking for something we want, in particular from a mm. boss, feels out of sync with yeah. being a nice, modest, hardworking person. And in your book, uh, page 45 to be exact, so folks, when you order the book, again, it's devonfranklin.com, and you can order any of the major booksellers. On page 45 of your book, you talk about something that that gets me uh, a little riled up because I know how challenging this can be for a lot of people who are just nice and and come up to the world value-centered. And that is the key to your happiness is to carefully set all of your expectations for yourself and literally ask yourself the questions, what am I getting out of this? Whether it be a conversation, right. a friendship, a job, church, relationship, what am I getting out of this? Sounds like a selfish question, but it's the only way we can really set expectations that are within our ability to live a comfortable, live free life. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, no, it's absolutely, it's absolutely right. And, and that's why, you know, I wrote the book, because, put that part in the book, because, you know, there's this idea, which is false, which I have fallen prey to as well, which this, it's like, when we want to be of service to others, you know, it's, it's not about us, it's about everyone else. And, and as a result, we don't take care of ourselves. We don't think about, okay, well, what am I getting out of this? What is the benefit here? You know, am I, do I even want to do the things that I'm doing or do I do them out of obligation? And what I have observed is that people are obligating themselves out of their life. So they never really live according to how they really feel in their heart or their spirit. They're living because they feel obligated. Oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. If I don't do this, if I don't do that. And so I do challenge the reader to look at every situation. What am I getting out of this? You know, is, this, is there a benefit here? Even if you're helping someone. What are you getting out of it so that you no longer mindlessly operate out of obligation? You know, yes. it's so important because too often everyone is trying to meet everyone else's expectations of their life. They don't want to disappoint anybody. They don't want anyone to be upset at them. And so as a result, who ends up being upset? The person that's doing all this that never gets a chance to do what's in their heart. You know, in yeah. the book, I talk about this concept called self-prioritization. Mm -hmm. I don't – I'm not asking anyone to be selfish. You know, mm -hmm. selfishness means – I, I get my needs met, and I don't care who I have to hurt in the process. Yes. I don't have any regard for anyone else's feelings or needs. I just get my needs met, and as long as my needs are met, that's all I care about. That's selfishness. Self-prioritization is I care so much about everyone's well-being, I have to first take care of my well-being. Because if I don't take care of my well-being, I will not be able to be of great service to anyone else. So part of self-prioritization is asking that question, what am I getting out of this? You know, mm -hmm. and if you're not getting anything out of this, if you're not, if you're getting more joy than pain out of whatever, the, excuse me, more pain than joy out of whatever the situation is, I challenge uh, the reader to stop doing it. Yes. Because what's going to happen mm -hmm. is you're going to find yourself at the end of your life and mm -hmm. you're going to realize that if you don't make changes now, at the end of your life, you will realize you did what was expected of you, but you never did what was destined for you. Oof. I mean, that like hurts me to the soul just to yeah. have that reverberate as you're speaking it. Um, yeah. 
one of our wonderful uh, grads uh, this morning actually posted uh, something to that effect. If you keep doing oh, wow. what you're doing today for the next five years, is that the life you want to have? Mm. Boom. Mm. Wow, that's deep. Right? You keep doing what you're that doing today deep. for five years. Are you on your path? Are you moving that life in that direction? Right. And and, and you it's know, so Devon, I talk to women all day long who are yeah. not where they want to be. Their expectations of their career, perhaps their family, perhaps their relationships, the money that they're making is not what they thought. And they're at a point where the pain is so obvious to them that the trends or the patterns, uh, what they don't want. And you talk about in your book about the spiritual alarm clock. And I love that. Um, That's really what we have to listen to uh, sooner rather than later. Like the first alarm before the snooze button that we keep hitting. Nope, 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 nope. That's right. Talk a little (laughs) bit about how we are woken up by our spiritual alarm clock. Well, that that spiritual, you know, alarm clock, um, you know, goes off because uh, of how we feel, you know, and 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 what happens is we're we're living life, we don't feel quite good, we feel like okay, there's more, we feel you know a little undervalued, we don't feel quite happy, but when we don't know what to do with it, we just hit the snooze button on those feelings. Mm. And we override, we override, we override. Now, you know, if, if you keep overriding the system, what's going to happen is ultimately the system's going to break down. Mm-hmm. And that's what ultimately happens. You know, there you have an outburst, you, you blow up on somebody, you know, you overeat or you overdrink or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you get frustrated easily, you know, you're easily upset. All of these different things are symptoms that you got to stop overriding the system. You right. know, you got to stop hitting the snooze button, uh, allow the alarm to sound and then stop for a minute and say, where is this alarm coming from in my spirit? Yes. What is off? What do I need to fix? What is the problem? And how do I do the, the courageous work? Because it does take courage mm-hmm. to do the work Yeah. to say, you know, I've got to fix the things in my life that I don't even know how I'm going to fix it, but it's OK. You don't always have to know the how. The first thing is the awareness and then the commitment to going on the journey to discover the how. And I have figured out, you know, and I talk about this in the the book, you know, when we go on that journey, then it allows us to live free. And when I talk about live free, I want to explain what that means. Living free means we are not under the emotional, physical, or mental control of anyone or anything. It means that we set the expectations that we live by. It means that we work to set how we want to feel about a situation or or a someone. We don't allow a situation or someone to dictate to us how we feel. And that process, that process is it's difficult, but it's so liberating because what it does is it helps us take our power back. We've got to take our power back. Because in my experience, we outsource our power to circumstance, to chance, Mm -hmm. situations. You know, sometimes, you know, people will blame God, you know, for their circumstance or situation. And I say, listen, we don't always get a chance to, uh, you know, we don't get a chance to, 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 to determine which cards, you know, come to us. But we play it. We can play every hand strategically. Mm -hmm. Anything that life throws our way, we can play our play a hand. You know, we can get God's guidance and help. 
on how to on how to use what we have. But I do believe right now that anyone can set the course for their life currently where they are if they make the choice to live free. Right. And I want to talk about uh, two concepts. Um, one of them is something that you and I have had some conversations about uh, that I love talking about because there's a uh, sort of a Christian misnomer maybe where we just like say, well, if it's up to God, it'll happen. Like we throw up our hands expecting yeah. God to come into our life and change things, fix things. Or if that hasn't happened yeah. through God's intervention, we're just sitting back as sort of like this bystander. Um, sure. And that's frankly for me where I have a little bit of a rub on Mm-hmm. God's not going to come in and take action. So the spiritual alarm clock is the hand of God saying, wake <laughs> right. up and do Hello. something different. That is how God <laughs> intervenes. It's, it's, yep. it's, a, it's a blessing of a problem so that you can wake up and move through the obstacle. Tell me what your opinion is on this, because I, I just love talking about this with you, because it's 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 a shift in perspective that I think is 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 where our day and time as humanity is. You know what? Listen, absolutely, because so often, you know, God's not going to do for us what we can do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a really important concept, because sometimes in my experience, you know, I was raised in the church and. You know, I've been a Christian mm-hmm. all my life, and yeah. you know, so you know, I, I mean, I've you know been to more church services than I can ever you know even count. Um, and and I've and you know, in my experience in the church, there's this um, we live passively, right? Because we don't take responsibility for the life that God has given us, and and we kind of outsource our responsibility for our life to prayer and to God. And God is saying, yes, pray for the direction. Yet faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. And according to your faith, be it unto you. And so, so when, in, when I talk about this in the book, you know, there's a whole chapter about faith absolutely is the real sixth sense because you got to have faith in order to know how to walk in the dark of life, right? Because we're all, we have mm-hmm. a feeling of where we're supposed to go, but we can't always see the road ahead. So you got to use faith as a sixth sense to kind of feel our way, but we got to feel our way. You know, uh, I use this scripture in the book um, where I talk about in the book of Acts, there was a, uh, a beggar who was being, he was placed at the, at the gate called Beautiful, uh, uh, in the, at the temple, excuse me, at the temple gate called Beautiful. And Peter and John, who were disciples of Jesus, were going into the gate. And at that moment, the beggar said, hey, you know, can you give me some money? And uh, Peter and John look at him and say, listen, you know, uh, we can't give you money, but, they, but what we can give you, you know, we give you in the, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and they pick him up and he walks. Now, what's interesting about that text is some Christians operate like, oh, well, if God wants me to be healed, he'll heal me, meaning they would have mm-hmm. stayed in the bed that day. Mm-hmm. Right. They would have stayed in the bed and said, oh, you know, well, God wants me to be healed. He'll heal me. And God's saying, no, I want you to be healed, but you got to participate. Yeah. So the beggar had to get somebody to help him get to the position in which he could be healed. And not only did he have to get in the position, but he had to make a request. Too often, this is why, this is why I talk about this in the book, you've got to be in touch with your needs. You cannot be afraid to communicate what your needs are. You cannot be afraid to ask the question, what do I need? Can you help me? You know, because through those questions, 
we then can see, you know, how God wants to answer. So I believe our relationship with God is incredibly dynamic. It's incredibly active. It's incredibly, you know, it's a two-hander. And I do mm-hmm. not believe that we should be passive in our relationship. And if you want to see greater results in your faith, walk with God. You've got to walk with him. You've got to get up. You've got to get out. You've got to move in the direction that you felt, that you feel led to. And then you've got to mm-hmm. get confirmation and evidence and see. You know, and the beauty of faith, the beauty of it is that when we get out there and we move in the direction uh, that we think God is leading us, even if we, you know, make a wrong turn, it's never a wrong turn. God always uses it for our good, always. Mm -hmm. Because we're always getting the guidance. And if we, if we, as you suggest, um, slow down to receive the message, all of the inspiration that God is is sending our way comes through our feelings. We 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 feel the 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 word of God through how we feel as a human. It comes through us and our ability to perceive yeah. the yeah. the the smallest whisper versus versus having to wait for it to be this massive tragedy. If we are listening Absolutely. for that smaller whisper, we're able to make the the fine adjustments. Uh, Devon, before we before we break, and we're going to say goodbye to you at our break. Um, how do you tune into your inner dialogue with God? What's how do you keep that inner guidance system alive for you? Um, you know, I pray. I uh, you know read scripture. I uh, meditate. Um, I also you know read books. Um, you know, and I just try to stay in touch with how I'm feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, God, what are you saying about this? What are you saying about that? I also get a tremendous amount of advice. I ask questions, you know, I I feel something and then I'll ask someone close to me, Hey, what do you think about this? What Mm -hmm. do you think about that? What do you think? You know, so, cause it's like, you know, God gives wisdom to a lot of different people. And so I'm Mm -hmm. just because, you know, just because I've written books and people know me as, as someone who offers advice, yeah, the ones who offer the advice usually get the most advice. So, you know, <laughs> I, I do a wide variety of things to hear from God and to try to discern his voice and his will for my life. Yes. And, and you write as you're closing out the book about how uh, the power of appreciation uh, brings mm-hmm. our joy back. And, and isn't that the, the FM channel, if you will, to tune into God is to be in appreciation Oh, yeah. That's a powerful thing. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Gratitude improves our attitude, without a doubt. Amen. And DevonFranklin.com. Devon, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we'll (laughs) talk to you later, my my brother from another mother. And thanks again for joining (laughs) me here today. All the best. Thanks for having me. God bless. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And I am so happy to rejoin you here for the second half of this wonderful show kicked off by my good friend Devon Franklin kicking off his book, Live Free. It is released on May 4th, but please feel free to buy your copy today, devonfranklin.com. 
Devon and I have known each other for, for quite a while, and um, we both appreciate and understand how having guides and experts and others to help us stay on our journey is an important part of living a purposeful, successful, active, satisfying, and fulfilling life. If you would like to know more about working with me, if you would like to know more about how we do what we do, please feel free to visit my masterclass. It's a 45-minute webinar. You can join for free at mofall.com slash masterclass. And there I'm going to break down for you the five shifts that I help our clients go through. In my 12-week kick-ass transformational workshop, we take women through some major shifts so that they can bring their soul back to life and then have a career of their dreams. Because in many cases, what Devon and I were talking about earlier, when we have expectations unmet for years, perhaps even decades of a career and of a life, our soul gets depleted. And without that beautiful divine life generating force, we can't pick ourselves up into a better career. Most of the women we work with at the beginning of our journey, their lives are hanging on by a thread. So when you're unhappy and depleted at work, how's that family life looking? How's that marriage looking? How's that bank account? Things aren't going in a positive direction if the major time commitment you have in your life, which is your contribution in the world of work, if that is dragging you down and causing you to be a lower version of you. So check out my masterclass, mofall.com slash masterclass. We've had tens of thousands of people viewing that webinar alone and receiving so much guidance and insight. And so many people who have seen that training session say, Mo, you were in my head. How did I do that? Because my career was earmarked by failure, failure, success, failure, failure, success. And as so many success coaches and teachers say to us, really success is just recovering from failure, recovering better, not making the same mistake. So we fail better to make our success journey. So check out that masterclass against mofall.com slash masterclass. And I would love the opportunity to have you speak to me or one of my career breakthrough strategists personally to uncover what's really going on and to help you understand and appreciate the real journey that has brought you perhaps to a place where you're not fully enjoying life. And we do that through a complimentary career clarity call. And that's at mofall.com slash give me clarity. And we're happy to schedule that call with you and spend the time. And really, when you book one of those calls, please earmark the time for yourself. Be in a place where you can sit with a, a notepad and a pen and take notes and focus on yourself. As Devon and I were talking, one of the big aspects that he writes about in his book is taking the time to slow down and assess. If you're in pain, if you're in hurt, if your life is not what you want it to be, you have to slow down and assess. 
and talk to one of my expert team members about what's really going on. And look, if we can help you in our workshop, we'll talk about that solution. Not always the case. Sometimes there's something else, something better. Sometimes there's just not a fit of what's going on with you with what we do. We will sort that out. It's complimentary. Why? Because I want to help you get the clarity. You will get the clarity. You will understand what's truly going on. And it is important on this human experience, soulful journey that we are all on, that we really get to a sense of truth about who we are and where we are with our divine connection. And have we constructed ourself and our expectations in order to live a life that is free and joyous? Or are we living to expectations? And have we been hurt and injured by others who may have different expectations of us or for us? Or have we perhaps been lied to, taken advantage of? Perhaps we've chosen to overwork because we thought we were going to get ahead. That is some of Devon's story. He talks about it uh, quite in detail, actually, in his book. He's a hardworking guy, and that's what he'll always bring to the table. So in many parts of his career, as he was developing into a professional in the film industry, overworking, setting expectations that were not clear to anyone else, but they were his expectations. If I do this, I'm going to get that. And even though it seems like sometimes when we set expectations that it seems normal, or that it seems like things that perhaps we've been told since we were small. So if we've been told things for decades, it's really hard for us not to appreciate that it's perhaps not true. Almost every woman I've ever coached has said they were told as a young person, just work hard, you'll get ahead. Just get a good education, you'll get ahead. And as professional women go, often also the message is just be a good wife and mother and don't worry about your career. It's not that important. And then they find themselves the mother of two kids, divorced, and now their career is a very important thing. So as we evolve as human beings on this planet, many things evolve with us. And one of the major things that has to evolve is our ability to craft the rules of the game so that we win. And if you've been told all your life that you don't have the power to do that, if you've been told all of your life that others will do that for you, it's time to have a bit of a wake-up call. As, again, Devon spoke about uh, today and writes in his book, it's time for you to listen to the spiritual alarm clock. The way that this world is put together for all of us is that we do get to set our own expectations. We do have the right and the power to ask ourselves the questions of what am I getting out of this? And is this what I want in my life? So many of us have been hypnotized or blinded or again lied to that we don't have that type of power, that we should just accept what someone dishes out to us. That if we don't get the promotion or if we get moved over to this department, we should just accept that. 
And so often it seems like the right thing for good-hearted, value-centered people to do. I'll just accept what comes my way. And that is not, I believe, what our divine creator has laid out for us. Our divine creator wants us to be in our truth, in our power. Yes, contributing. Yes, sharing. Yes, being generous. And also being creative and imaginative and expressing the highest level of our spiritual truth, which is the expression of our talents. And if you've gone to school for a college degree in something, or a master's degree in something, or several master's degrees in some things, or a doctoral degree, or a law degree, or a medical degree, if you have put the effort toward that beautiful skill and knowledge development, you have got to have the same exacting skill in order to leverage that as your career. Now, they don't give you that side of the bargain usually in, in the educational sector. It's not their thing. They teach you and bring you up to speed so that you can get the education and get the degree. But in many ways, how to leverage that in the marketplace of the world of work so that you can make the contributions that your heart desires is a totally different game. It's a totally different sport. And not many people are told how to, how to win at that sport. And so the expectations of what you're going to achieve in the world of work tend to come into this assumptive position. Again, as Devon and I were talking about, most of our lives as human beings, we have assumptions that are expectations, not clearly set and communicated expectations. And so it is our duty as human beings to communicate our expectations as we can to the people who have the control over those expectations. I know one thing at this point, at least in our human understanding, that is out of all of our control is the weather. And we can pray for better weather. We can, you know, hope for good weather if we have an event or something outside. But what ultimately happens with the weather is out of our control. Years ago, I moved to Florida. I lived in the Northeast uh, all of my beginning part of my life up until uh, early adulthood. And then decided I really wanted to live a different type of lifestyle. So rather than having the expectations that living in Pittsburgh would be sunny all the time and warm all the time, which it never would be, it's not in that right climate, I decided I wanted to make a change. So in order for me to have the expectation of the life and the weather I wanted to enjoy around that life, I had to make a change geographically. And at first I moved to North Carolina thinking that would be a nice milder climate and a little bit closer to my family, not as big of a move. My family had always lived in the kind of northeast mid Great Lakes area. And when I made that first move to North Carolina, it seemed a little scary. 
Like I was doing something kind of big and I don't know, what if the family doesn't uh, think this is okay? What if it doesn't work out? What if I'm a failure at this? Which ultimately I was. The North Carolina job and that move did not work out well. It did not meet my expectations because that move for me just happened to be the worst winter they had in the Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina in 50 years. I was purposely moving south to have milder winters, even though I was a big skier when I was younger, but I just wanted to change it up and have a different lifestyle. They had their worst winter in 50 years. Here I am thinking I just moved to a, a better climate. Not so. And the job didn't turn out either. I got transferred to Baltimore about a year into that job. And for six months, I was back and forth. The job wasn't working out. I did feel like a failure. It was not good. The job didn't meet my expectations. The move to North Carolina didn't meet my expectations. And of course, just to add to the pot of not meeting my expectations, the relationship I was in at the time was falling apart as well. Not a great time. I dipped into all of my toolkit and I dipped into a greater understanding, realizing that I was getting a big freaking message that I needed to do something else, that I needed to move into some other environment. I needed to find another job. I had to take action in order to have the life that I wanted because those first few steps didn't get me all the way there. And that's how life is. It unfolds. It is a process. Our life is a process. It's not a final destination of us ever getting any one place of where. So I found myself another job. I had already bought a house in Durham, North Carolina, had to sell that. The next job I got, I took on a retainer consulting arrangement because I was still trying to see if I could find a new job in the Raleigh-Durham area. So I'm taking this contract consulting job in Florida, traveling back and forth, trying to sort it out. The relationship's getting worse. I was confused and I was scared for that entire time period. And I kept leaning back into my journal, meditating, running, reading books, really trying to sort it out. What is the plan? What am I supposed to be doing here? Finally, the relationship got so bad the job seemed like it was going to be a much better fit. The money was there. I decided just to make a commitment to move to South Florida. And as I'm telling this story to you right now, uh, I'm, 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 I'm living it again. And I am remembering that scared, frustrated, eager young woman who wanted to have a life of success and happiness, a beautiful place to live, nice weather, and really enjoy 
a particular kind of life. And one day when I was still mostly living in the Raleigh-Durham area, I got out this big artist pad. Always have pads and paper and markers with me because I use my creativity to solve problems, scope out the future, sort out what's inside of me. So I open this artist pad and I begin drawing a picture of what I wanted. I began drawing a picture of a house that I had never seen. It just came to me as I am drawing. Now I'm not a great artist. Okay. The the picture I drew is is a rudimentary picture of a house. I just felt that I wanted to have like a circular driveway. I wanted to have a nice house with the double door front door with a nice window above those front doors leading into the main entry area. I wanted palm trees in the landscaping in the front yard. I wanted, of course, a two-car garage. Now a three-car garage is the thing, but at the time, two-car was good enough. <laughs> and I imagined that this house might be yellow or some other, you know, tropical color. And I knew sort of what some of the houses in Florida look like, having visited there a few times. I had myself in a golf baseball hat in the driveway getting out of one of the cars, an SUV, and then like a sports car. I had the whole house, driveway, landscaping, front door. I threw a couple of windows on that house, the two-car garage over to the right. I had it all drawn out in a paper with my markers, red, blue, yellow, green, And I sat and looked at that and I said, that's what I want. I want to live in that life. I want to be happy in that house. I imagined having people over and having the back of the house open to a, a, a big patio area where we could have parties and people and that there would be a pool there and it would be an expansive open area. I sat in such desire of wanting that instead of wanting the job that hadn't worked out, instead of wanting the relationship that was going south, instead of the confusion about where I should live. What I wanted was what I had just drawn on that paper. And just imagining it again, telling it to you, I am feeling my heart bursting open as a young woman in my 30s, just wanting something so much different than I was experiencing. And I didn't understand exactly what was going on at the time, but now I do. I was really channeling the inspiration of my desires, and that comes from our Creator. I hadn't had any specifics of what this house was going to be and where it would be. I just felt that that's what I wanted. And I allowed myself to express my desires. I allowed myself to have that time to do that. 
And when we have our gals enter our 12-week workshop, we have them do something very similar. Because when we beckon our source, our divine energy, which is way beyond anything we can ever think or plan or imagine, our divine creator hanging out in our life, when we beckon it with our desires, that divine creator is helping us. Now, if we turn that off by being angry, if we turn that off by believing that we're alone, if we turn that off by not spending time bringing that channel of divinity into us, we are not going to have access to it. So it is time for all of us to appreciate and understand that we are the creators of that divine channel's flow through us. We either turn that on or we shut it down. It's available to us 24-7. That divine channel of inspiration is yours and mine and ours. It exists in the field that we all live and breathe in. It's where all creativity, it's the energy that supports the universe. It is the thing that beats your heart and digests your food and moves the oxygen at the mitochondria DNA level in all of your cells that you never have to think about. you got to force with you every single microsecond of your life helping your life go forward. Spinning this earth, holding the solar system together. You're going to deny that force? If you have, you're not happy. If you have brought it in, if you have brought that divine force into your life, into your soul, into your essence, and you have allowed the circulation of divine energy to come through you, you are going to be inspired. You are going to see opportunities. You are going to be able to create the desires of the life that you want. And furthermore, you will begin to attract those things, people, places, experiences, opportunities that are drawn to that like energy. That's the way the universe has been put together. So eventually, I moved into a small townhouse in South Florida, took a job as a vice president for an organization full-time, lived in a hotel for several months while I was organizing all of that with my new company and getting myself uh, squared away and situated in my new life here in South Florida. Eventually, the relationship broke up. The house went that way, the new house my way. The life got transitioned through some tragedy and calamity of that. It wasn't pretty, <laughs> trust me. But it got settled in and settled down. And then I met someone, another relationship that was beautiful and awesome came together for me. And in a matter of a couple of years, we're moving into a house that is the exact house that I drew on that artist paper a few years prior in my desperation to create a life, at least on paper, that I wanted to live in. The same circular driveway, the two-car garage to the right, the yellow color with the tile roof, the double front entry door with the window above it, 
palm trees and the landscaping in the front yard. Everything on that paper materialized when I decided to make some decisions and craft the life that I wanted to live. And it took bold action. It took courage. It took me saying no to the unwanted, and it took me saying yes to the wanted. And I stepped into fear many, many more days than I probably even remember telling you this story. I stepped into fear because I had faith. And that's what turns fear into courage. I had faith that there was a force helping me and always with me. And I allowed my life to unfold and be guided by that force. And I stepped into the life of my dreams. And ever since then, it's been a beautiful unfolding. And I understand now how to dance with that energy. It isn't always perfect. I have my days. I get frustrated. My expectations aren't met sometimes about certain things. And I got to readjust and dive back into my divinity. It's an ongoing unfolding process of you matching your expectations, beckoning the desire of your heart into divine energy and crafting your life. We can do that together at mofall.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.